Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. Today, my guest is Robert Yoho for part two of Learn What Works in Healthcare Today and how to use that information to improve your health as a baby boomer. Robert's disclaimer from part one covers part two as well. My disclaimer for the podcast is that this podcast is not meant as medical advice. Make your healthcare decisions with the help of a licensed provider. And now back to my conversation with Robert Yoho. Yeah, the, the hospitals are, uh, I didn't focus as much on them, but they, uh, they're quite a scene too. I mean, they're, they're just hardly... I mean, I hate to say it this way, but they, they're not trained like physicians in putting the patient first. And we nominally, you know, we've got our, uh, you know, our uh, ethical training and so on and so forth. But the, the hospitals are economic entities, as are the pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they all go by the numbers. It's all numbers game. Yeah. Right. That's just uh, terrible. I was just going to well, say something. Now you, that thought went out of my head. Breast cancer. And I could say a few words about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is a pretty good treatment for breast cancer with bioidentical hormones and that's testosterone and it suppresses breast cancer pretty avidly. And I detail that in my second book called hormone okay. secrets. Okay. Now, wow. the other thing, which just to give you an introduction to that book in 30 seconds, Alzheimer's disease is prevented by estrogen consumption after the menopause, right? Not completely, but it's a huge thing. Now, Alzheimer's is probably the most expensive single disease in medicine if you count the long-term care costs. But if you take replacement estrogen after 50 or whenever you hit the menopause, Mm -hmm. your chances of Alzheimer's in some studies go down by 80%. Wow. this, I mean, that's, that's a, a monster figure. And instead we're treated to about 10 medications that even their developers can hardly say they work for Alzheimer's. Right. They cost a thousand to $2,000 a month each. I mean, it's, it's utterly crazy. And people, family members with a mother or something that has Alzheimer's, they go through this worry about whether they should take this drug that they know hardly works if it works at all. And I mean, I think that the way that you should think about these issues about whether something works or not is if there's any doubt, just assume it doesn't work mm-hmm. because the studies that are done involve thousands of patients. This, the statistics are adulterated and they're ghostwritten for the medical journals, which are happy to cooperate because the editors get, they get hundreds of thousands of dollars each in direct payments from the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So these highly respected journals have changed into shilling for new drugs and treatments that are uh, very profitable and they're, they're economically taken over by these moneyed interests. I mean, it's, it's a crazy, crazy scene. You need to figure it out yourself. It's hard to figure out what works patients and the patient groups. They may have some good ideas for you. And Mm -hmm. there, if you sort through the 
the, the garbage in the medical literature, you can find the pearls if you're, you know, bright and you're, you're persistent. Right. It does take a lot of time though. And for us baby boomers, we have more time to do that. Younger people really might not have the time. They're working so many hours and working so hard. This take, this investigating of research takes a lot of time. It really does. It does. And but we can, we can read your books though, right? Cause you've done, that's a good, you've done that's it. That's the introduction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That that you've done it for. So, but, and again, on an individual basis with certain things, we want to do our research too. So it's time consuming, but it has to be done. Yeah, it has to be done. And the system is so overwhelming and your tendency to trust, you have a tremendous, if you're sick with something, you have a tremendous need to trust someone yes. and you have to find someone who you like and trust and, but always do your best to verify everything and don't and never be disrespectful. But if you've right. got a doubts about it, go, go elsewhere and, and research some more. Right. Get a second opinion. Cause some people are afraid to get a second opinion, but a second opinion could be totally different than the first one. So if it's anything major, I think you're always better off getting a second opinion. We could chat briefly about generics. Yeah. Why don't we? Yeah. So generics are now 90% or 95% of the drugs American take, Americans take. And what these are is they are, they're not exactly the same thing, but in other countries such as India, they're allowed to attempt to make the same drug if they change one or two steps in the manufacturing process. They're generally lower quality than the proprietary drugs, but the proprietary drugs are priced so high that, I mean, who the heck can afford them? I mean, they're, they can be a, $50 a pill in, yeah. in some cases. Yeah. So you're stuck with these generics. The pharmaceutical wholesalers pick up these generics on the international market and distribute them to the pharmacies. And so you have all kinds of problems with them, including, you know, 24 hour drugs and only last 12 hours drugs that are not as strong. Sometimes they're contaminated. It's better in this country than it is in other countries around the world. But the generics are still a mess. And anybody that's interested in this, I recommend the reference for my book, which is Catherine Ebens, E-B-A-N's book, Bottle of Lies. Mm. If you want to read about how the pharmaceutical companies cooperated with the FDA to ruin their own studies and to produce results that market the drugs, I think Ben Goldacre's book, Bad Pharma, is the best single reference. And that's 10 years old. This is nothing new. The mm -hmm. behavior that we're seeing now is nothing new. They've been doing this at least for 20 years and more in, in milder forms. But the, the companies have just gotten more upfront with the whole thing because they've understood how powerful they are. And they are powerful. That is for sure. Wow. So is there any other thing that you think you should be sharing with us for, with boomers, especially is there, <laughs> I, I know there's so much information, but let's pick out maybe something we haven't discussed yet that might be important to them. Well, I think that ultimately you're going to have to come up with your own healthcare philosophy. And if mm -hmm. you can somehow get around the idea that the doctor is going to save you and that medicine is going to save you and realize you have a limited lifespan mm -hmm. and that these things are tools and you, many times you, you can use them to prolong your life or to feel better or to get a surgery that really helps. But ultimately you have to kind of wrap your head around your mortality rather than thinking that we're living a Star Trek world where, you know, we can live forever or we're going to get transmitted <laughs> into a computer to, to think and all that. As far as uh, saving our country go, I have 
other ideas, but they're almost politically impossible because of the wall of money that is against them. So uh, your personal healthcare philosophy is probably the best thing. Now, getting ahead of healthcare, if you can, if you can find time to learn about your local hospital systems, you could have three hospitals which are local and two of them are have rapacious billing policies and may not fit your health plan. And the third one might be a little better. So learning all you can about these systems, getting your doctors in place, getting people you trust, developing relationships can weather many storms that you would have had trouble with, you know, and you would have sunk or or otherwise. So, so looking ahead of the time, um, I've written about screening tests such as mammograms and colonoscopies and the numbers don't really work for those, if at all. I mean, there may be some narrow exceptions. Certainly if you're bleeding from your rectum or you have abdominal pain, you may need a colonoscopy, Mm -hmm. but doing a colonoscopy every four years has risks uh, on everyone has risks that about equal the uh, the benefits and the same thing for the mammograms which is not a this is not a politically correct thing to say of course right. if you've got a breast lump you go after it or pain in your breast you check it with a mammogram but that's another thing altogether than screening tests so the screening tests have been used to the purpose of selling procedures and and drugs and the Osteoporosis drugs are another horrible topic. They we've got these things that cause fractures of the rotting of your jawbone and femur oh, fractures, yep. and they're enormously profitable because they're delivered in the office in shot form, and the doctor gets twenty percent, just like the oncology drugs. So, be aware of those things. Scanning my book in two and a half hours, you can you can kind of get an idea of what's going on. If you want a mm-hmm. deeper dive, you've got all those links and references. Right. And my philosophy is I'm not taking any medication if I don't have to. And that another medication they tried to put me on was something for osteoporosis. And I actually took a sample for one week and I had diarrhea an entire month. I said, yeah, no, not taking it. Sorry. Goodbye. Didn't take it. So I, over the years, lots of doctors have tried to give me different medication like that, ongoing things that you're going to be taking your whole life. And I just say, no, most people don't. They want that magic pill to make them better. And I'm not that type. I I say, okay, what else can I do? So I walk and I lift weights and I'm doing other things. Most people just want that pill because they think it's magic, but it's really not magic. So you need to take control of your own life. You have to exercise. You have to eat right. You've got to do certain things if you want to stay healthy. The magic pill is not there. So I am on no medication at 71. My father, when he died at 96, well, he was taking stuff later on because he did develop dementia because he was in a car accident. He hit the front of his head and over time he developed dementia. But before that, he never took anything up to like 85, never took any medication. So I guess I get that from him. I'm like, I'm not taking it. So I try and even aspirin. I used to be a lot more liberal when I was younger about taking aspirin, acetaminophen and all the others. And now I try not to even take that because there's side effects to just over the counter medication. So I'm one where I like to take responsibility for my own body. And I'll ask, what can I do first? If there's nothing I can do, I'm going to use medicine. But if I can do something, I'll try and do that first. Terry, I would just put one caveat on there. You should Mm -hmm. try to avoid things, but there are a few things that work really well. And among these are bioidentical hormones over 50 years of age. Right. Yes. And so you can, 
that we have this massive experience with them and they've been run down by these industry sources who want to, who want they to have, sell, right? who want right. to sell their own drugs, such as antidepressants yep. and so on. For example, for you, testosterone supplementation has an avid effect on bone density. And that would reverse a lot of your stuff. If you can afford growth hormone, that also reverses bone density problems. Okay. And so again, this is not specific healthcare advice, right. just for, right. for people who are in your situation. I think they should uh, look at look at the hormones and consider uh, having a consultation, getting their levels drawn. But again, it's hard to find a doctor who will do that because again, I've doctors in the past have told me I don't need that. And that's not good for you. Bioidentical. Well, in, yes. In the back, in the back of hormone secrets, okay. <laughs> I've got all the keys to the, uh, the okay. universe, right? You, there are doctors who will treat you. And I don't and, mind taking something like that because it's not a drug drug. It's a hormone that our bodies do anyway. We just don't have enough of them. I'm very open to that. I'm just not going to take regular medication like statins and the osteoporosis drugs that there's no proof they work. There really isn't. The testosterone has a side effect. It, it, Better health, it, right? It, it might make you horny. <laughs> oh, there you go. That works. <laughs> it depends on your attitude towards that. Right, right. That works. Some women, okay some women don't like it. Some women oh, think well? they regard it as a side effect. <laughs> But hey, if it's going to help your body overall, that's fine. But, you know, the doctors I've seen over the years, none of them have ever said, and I went through menopause very early. I started at 35. I was done at 42. That's why I have issues with osteoporosis. I went through it very early. None of them ever suggested any of that. Well, it it's... <laughs> I, I'm inarticulate. Yeah, it's horrible. The basically, it is horrible. <laughs> we've all been taken in by these yeah. industry narratives, and they've they've marketed against um, these things, which work and are almost harmless. They have, uh, they, they with have. a few caveats. You know, they're yep. not completely harmless, but you know, it's not it's not hard to avoid the pitfalls. I mean, you right. might get some acne. Testosterone is regarded as almost completely harmless for women. Right. You might get some acne and some hair growth and you might get a little horny, but aside from that, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. If it's all yeah. good. Now, do men need to take testosterone as they age also for like Alzheimer's and dementia? Well, my experience was primarily with women. I had 95% okay. of my pa patients were women, but, and the, the results with postmenopausal women are dramatic. Yeah. I used to use a small, you know, and I, I this was not a moneymaker. I, I just, I essentially did this for free. The patients paid me a lot of money for those surgeries. So I felt so <laughs> bad about their menopausal symptoms that I offered them these therapies. And often I would just end up with their permission and consent, putting a small testosterone pellet through their belly buttons. They didn't even see the scar. And right. for three months, they would have relief or complete, almost complete relief of their menopausal symptoms. And they would start to feel great. They say, I feel like I felt 20 years ago, you know, I'm attacking my husband. So <laughs> they, they would often be able to get religion based on this experience. But if you just write a prescription for someone who's doubtful, you, you probably were aware of this, but patients throw away at least a third of the prescriptions, even, even kidney transplant. <laughs> <laughs> Even kidney transplant patients who oh, wow. need that wow. stuff to live, uh, wow. and, and they ultimately get a kidney rejection. Um, right. They the third of them throw away the medicine. So <laughs> when I you put that pellet in them after you know they get they get three uh, they get treated to three months of feeling better, and they often understand it. Right. So, right. 
Wow, you've certainly given us a lot to think about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so much to think about. But you know, there's it's important to think ahead of time because when you're already sick, your mind's not working and you're not thinking straight. So you really That's have right. to know what you want to do ahead of time, do some research ahead of time, if at all possible. If you're diagnosed with cancer, doctors want to get you on doing something very quickly, but you really have some time. Take a couple of weeks and figure out what's best for you. Don't let them force you because they will. Oh, we got to start next week or we got to start tomorrow. Don't listen to that. Take some time, do a little research on your own. You'll be better off for it. Lance Armstrong had uh, testicular cancer and he was cured right. with his chemo, but he, he was offered a chemo, which would have destroyed his lung function at the start. And he looked into it and found someone who would do chemotherapy without using that drug. And right. he, of course, successfully went on to his uh, rest of his cycling career, when, which obviously takes pretty good lung function. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. See how careful you have to be. You just have to really be careful. Know what you're taking. There's some, like I did do chemo. I did five rounds of chemo. And, you know, the biggest thing is your hair falls out, which was horrible, but I dealt with it. And I was supposed to get six. I stopped at five. I felt like I was better. Why are you giving me that extra? But they always want, well, you never know. So we, I was cured at three, but they wanted to do six. I got them to stop at five and I was fine. So, you know, do your own research, think for yourself. I was so tired and I was still working. I said, I've got to get back to work. I can't keep taking this chemo. So I did stop at five and it worked out fine. You can't imagine how consuming being a doctor is. And these days, the patients are spending, I mean, the doctors are spending up to 50% of their time just clicking on a computer so they can get paid. That's the yeah. new medical records requirements yeah. that were uh, instituted by Obama. Yeah. The whole thing seemed very well meaning. It seemed like the time had come, but it's it's been a it's been a mess. And the, the systems that are are in place were never were never designed to uh, save time for the doctors. So no. Right. So in the midst of all this, a doctor is supposed to be caring and is supposed to be up on the literature. And what ends up happening is a lot of what they do is protocol driven. In other words, it just is a, a series of algorithms that they click through. And that sounds like what happened to your uh, your dissection of your lymph, lymph node. It, right. You could have easily had had someone been an artist and had the time to look at you, they would have, they would have said, this is probably just an inflammatory lymph node due to your hip surgery. And we should wait on this rather than do a surgery. But I, I wouldn't, I don't think that lymphedema is an expected result after a single lymph node biopsy. That's no, a no, unusual complication yeah. that, that you, complication you happen to have. And I think it came about because it just, they jumped in too early. And my oncologist even said, we see this a lot with patients who have had hip surgery, but she still didn't say, let's wait and see if it gets bigger. I would have waited. But everybody's she, afraid of liability. Everybody's yeah, afraid of liability. And exactly. to point you in the direction of the surgeon is the easiest thing and gets yeah. them off the hook. Yeah. So, and then it was benign, of course, but yeah. then he created another problem. I, I'm mad at myself because I could have said, let's wait. And I didn't, but I didn't have the experience before it was fine when they did the biopsy. So I'm thinking I'm not going to have any side effects. It's going to be fine. But whenever you have surgery, there are risks. So I could have said, let's just wait. And I didn't. So it's a lot of it's on me too. Cause I'm usually pretty good about that stuff. I'll say, you know what? 
I don't need this or I'm not going to try that. And, and, you know, it was so early. I could have said, let's just wait. And I didn't. So it's a little bit my fault too. It's, it's hard to learn this stuff until bad things happen to you and you understand exactly. what's going on and you, right. you're uh, still learning about the healthcare system. And I yeah. spent four years looking at this stuff and I, I'm still learning. I mean, I'm, my eyes are open every day with recent events. So, right. Right. And it's changing. And like you said, it's not all the doctor's fault. They're told to do certain things. A lot of our small doctors have been bought out. They're now part of these big conglomerates. And that's another big part of the problem. You know, they have to do certain things that they're told to do because they're owned by other people. You know, they're not working on their own anymore. Before you'd always, you'd go to a doctor's office and it was his office and he was the doctor. It's not so anymore. They belong Everything's to these groups. Yeah. Even yeah. the drugs, the, I think 30 years ago, these drugs were all compounded by pharmacists for individual patients. Maybe I got my time frame wrong, but now right. there, there's this massive, massive push to sell these very profitable uh, patented drugs. And I mean, they're, they're insanely expensive and we're all paying for it. You know, a young person who has a job for 50,000 a year, they don't understand it, but 20, uh, that uh, 10,000 of their money goes for healthcare. 20 percent yeah. whether yeah. they're paying for it or whether their company is paying for it, right. it they'd make ten thousand dollars more a year had we uh had some way to right. keep these or at least five that get, get this industry under control yeah well i think we've all seen that that healthcare costs have gone up tremendously and not only are you paying more per month and then you're paying some co-pays but you also have a big deductible we years ago you didn't have like a 10 or twenty thousand dollar deductible before they started paying for anything so that's insane and that's why a lot of people aren't going to the doctor because their deductibles are so high they can't afford to go everybody's price gouging yep. the the emergency rooms have a clause that they have that it, where you sign in mm -hmm. uh, that no other industry is permitted and they basically say that whatever the cost is you agree to pay it which means they can go after your house or whatever yeah. it is and no one signs up for any other kind you can, don't sign up for to buy a car without knowing the price right. so the advice of some of the authors i read was to cross out that particular clause in your contract if it's possible and then if they go after you later you'll have the opportunity to challenge it mm -hmm. yeah yeah well you know, with Medicaid, uh, the boomers that are on Medicare, Medicaid, well, Medicare, they're not on Medicaid. You know, you don't usually have that problem. But with younger people, yeah, it's a big problem. Medicare is the best protection against excess billing that exists in the system, right? Mm -hmm. But, right. you know, this push towards Medicare for all is kind of crazy because we have three dysfunctional government-run systems, right? We've got right. the Indian <laughs> Healthcare and the VA, both of which are just abysmal. Right. And anybody that's worked in those systems understands that. And yeah. Medicare, everybody works in Medicare, and that's that's got its own set of problems. I mean, it's right. a real it's a real mess. And they keep telling us it's bankrupt. Well, why do we want Medicare for all if Medicare is already bankrupt? That's we've, not going to help anybody. We've somehow got this theory that we can print money indefinitely, and yeah. I think we're going to find out that we can't. No, no, we are going to find out. It, 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 it might take years, but eventually it catches up and we're almost maybe where it's going to be catching up very soon. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So do you have one more bit of advice in closing that you haven't sure. already covered that you might want to tell my boomer nation? Yeah, I, I would say uh, 
also visit my website, which is robertyohoauthor.com. Okay. Robert Yoho, Y-O-H-O, author.com. And I, you can pick up my books, half of my books on audio, right? I, I didn't give you the whole thing, but instead mm-hmm. of just a few lines, you can listen to half of them if you'd like. There, you can also download 50% of each book through a service. And there's more about me and more about healthcare on, on that website. Oh, that's great. Perfect. Yeah. And I encourage everyone to go to the website and learn more before you get sick. The more you know ahead of time, the more beneficial it will be for you down the road. So it's really important. We can't just sit around and think that the doctors have this covered. We have to be a part of our own medicine and and keeping well. We really do. And and I talk about this in a lot of my other podcasts, that it's very important to keep active, engaged, keep your mind engaged, keep exercising. You can't just sit on the couch all day. You know, you've got to be active, engaged if you want to live a longer, healthier life. I I guess the the last thing, if you want another subject to look into, which I, I talked about in Hormone Secrets, is that the diets that have been recommended for the last 30 years seem to have caused the obesity epidemic. And what what has happened is the food companies have again, paid off the FDA to recommend these low fat, high high carbohydrate diets, which encourages the consumption of things like corn sugar. We have an area the size of California devoted to corn cultivation in America. I mean, it's crazy. And so the latest science recommends animal products, animal fats, and uh, saturated fats, which um, suppress heart disease and have proven that the high carbohydrate diets are a cause of heart disease and obesity. So it seems like the FDA has its fingers in both the pharmaceutical problems and the dietary problems. And of the two, the the dietary stuff seems worse to me. I mean, it affects everybody almost. I yeah, mean, the and, obese we're, pers- and we're seeing younger and younger people that are obese. It's horrible. You didn't see that years ago. So there are these diets now that are consist uh, primarily of animal products, animal fats, and so on. And mm-hmm. they avoid fruits and sometimes even avoid vegetables. And the people are very healthy on these things. And you can go on podcasts. The keyword is keto, K-E-T-O diets. And you can learn about it from, from the podcast, or you can certainly read the chapters in Hormone Secrets that mm-hmm. will introduce you to these diets and you know, also get you some references you can look at. Right, right. Well, that's good because as you age, you want to keep as slim as you can too, because the heavier you are, the the more health problems you're going to have. Right. So, well, that's good advice. I really appreciate that. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. For those of you who weren't able to jot down Robert's information, his website, it'll be in my show notes. So all you have to do is go to kickassboomers.com. When you see Robert's picture, Dr. Yoho's picture, click on it and the show notes will appear. I'll have all of his contact information there, where you can find his books, all of that'll be right there. So please take advantage of that. It's really very important if you want to stay healthy and be your best. So thank you for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. You've given us so much helpful information. Terry, you're charming and I enjoyed it every minute of it. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. And we're going to do this again, I think. So I'm sure we'll, there'll be a lot of more information that you can share with us. So, and is your hormone book, it's already out, correct? It's, it's been out for about two months. Um, Both of these are Amazon bestsellers, which isn't all that hard to get to be an Amazon category bestseller, but (laughs) both of them, you know, and I've got probably 130 five-star reviews on, on the two. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some credibility. 
Good, good. So I encourage everyone, go get the books, download what you can for free, buy the books because they're important reference books. So you want to have it on hand. This is not a moneymaker for me. Let me tell you. (laughs) It's a money loser. I know. Books are never, I mean, everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to make a lot of money. Yeah. All the authors that I interview, they're not making money. They write the books because it's important for them to write it and they want to tell their stories for whatever reason. But yeah, most of them are not making money. So this one is at a ninth grade level, which is interesting. It was hard to write it down to a ninth grade level, but uh, you know, it's easier to read books at a lower grade level. And I put it through a computer program that told me what grade level it was. So, and then modified it a little bit. The other one's a little harder, but it's still at 11th grade. It's yeah. not college or post-grad, which Good. a doctor can very easily lapse into jargon and turn, turn the book into gobbledygook, but this oh, is yeah, And you wouldn't understand it. Yeah. 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 That's great. So this is all very readable, easy to understand. So yeah, I encourage my audience, please get hold of Dr. Yoho's books and and start using some of that information because, you know, we don't know when we're going to need it. I mean, I'm hoping I don't need any more surgeries, but who knows, or medications, you always want to double check before you just say yes. Think about it, do your research. Well, Terry, thanks again. Thank you. This has been great. Thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.